I usually end up remembering my father. The first web after generations in the Appalachian Mountains to finish high school, and then the first to finish college, following 26 years of intermittent night school. The old man would have been busting his buttons to see me walk in these halls as the equal of giants whose names he had known only through history books and newspapers. I still roll my eyes and laugh to myself, imagining the daily phone calls I would have received had my father lived to see me become a member of the U.S. Senate. Truly, he would have irritated the hell out of my staff. He would never have left me alone. He would have called me every day, bursting with ideas, providing advice, challenging me with crude jokes and quoting from the key phrases of editorial writers who hated me. James Henry Webb Sr. was not an easy man to please. He gave me no slack in the days of my boyhood, as our family moved from town to town, from military base to military base, and I from school to school to school. Complaints were not in order. My siblings and I grew up with certainties that he, and especially my mother, could never have imagined. There was always food on the table. I never lacked for clean clothes. From the time I was twelve, there was always a job somewhere if I knew how to hustle and he never let us forget that we were living in the greatest country on earth, a country that our rock-hard ancestors had pioneered, one stark mountain and one wide river and one war at a time. When it hurts, just grit your teeth and take it. Don't you ever back down. Never start a fight, but if somebody else does, never run away. If you run from a bully, you will never stop running. But if you fight, he won't risk coming back at you again. Stand up, fight back, mark him. Give him something to remember every morning when he looks into the mirror. Then even if you lose, you win. And by the way, if you ever run from a fight, I will personally beat your ass. My father was not exactly a mellow guy. He did not spare the rod. But he taught me early that there is no substitute for moral courage, whatever the cost, and that the ultimate duty of every leader is to take care of the people who rely on him when otherwise they would be forgotten or abandoned. Courage in the face of those above you and loyalty to those below you were my father's unalterable standards, the only true way to measure the worth of another human being. I had fought my way into the Senate based exactly on those principles. I was not recruited to run for political office, which was one of the odd attractions of running in the first place. I took the gamble precisely because I could not accept the idea that a country such as America should be governed by a club of insiders who manipulate public opinion in order to serve the interests of hidden elites who hold the reins of power. I did not solve this problem in a mere six years, but I did nudge it here and there even as my concerns about it only grew stronger. I knew what my dad would be saying to me at this moment if he were still alive. He would be aggravated beyond words that I had declined to run for re-election. He would not be able to resist sending a verbal barrage my way on the very day that I was heading to the Senate floor for the final time in order to congratulate the person who would now be taking my seat. What the hell is going on in your brain, sonny boy? After you fought so hard to get here, what are you doing walking away from it just when you reach the top of your game? There are no instant replays in life. You are not coming back. Didn't I teach you a damn thing? I would have listened to him for a while, nodding now and then as a measure of respect, finally telling him to stop being such an irritable, cantankerous bastard. We had argued with sharp, combative humor for decades, about everything from poetry to baseball to history, and especially about the unpredictability of my so-called career. But for me, in this imagined debate, 
the answer would have been easy. Dad, seriously, we're talking about an institution with a 6% approval rating, and I can't figure out why anybody would want to be in that 6%. On this final morning, the corridor in front of my Russell Building office was eerily quiet. I was arriving without a briefcase and, indeed, without portfolio. I did not belong here anymore. I had already become an interloper in a place that until yesterday had been my personal fiefdom and even my second home. No staff members greeted me. Actually, I did not even have a staff anymore as of this very morning. But none of that really mattered. I had not come here to be escorted, briefed, coffeed up, or attended to. All I wanted was to walk through my personal office spaces one last time in the rare calm of a do-nothing morning before the office, as it was now constructed, and I myself disappeared into the dry annals of Senate history.